little review. We finished our uh, passage in 2 Timothy last time and uh, talking about, uh, he says, to guard what's been entrusted to your care. And so we talked about some of the things that we need to guard. We need to guard the truths of the faith, the call to serve, our walk with God, relationships, family. And, and really when we neglect these things, uh, the consequences can be severe. And in that passage, he talks about some that... that would wander, actually wander away from the faith. And that's a, that's a horrible thing. These things have been entrusted to our care by God. And we have to kind of be responsible. Learn how to be responsible. I know that, uh, you know, when we're growing up, we're, you know, that's our parents are always telling us, you got to learn how to be responsible. And, you know, I'm not sure if I ever did learn that, but I'm trying. You know, now that I'm 40, uh, I'm, I'm really going to try to get responsible. So, we finished uh, last week's study with, with, you know, we, we talked about what God has entrusted to our care, but we finished with what we have entrusted to His care. And uh, I want you to turn with me there in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, and we're going to read those verses again, and, and then we'll launch into our, our study. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10 I mean, you could read the whole chapter, but we won't do that. But, but it starts in verse 10. Uh, this part, it says that this grace has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death. Boy, that's a good, that's a good line right there, isn't it? That's, that's powerful. And he has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And what does gospel mean? Good news. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And of this gospel, he says, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet, I am not ashamed. Because I know, this is the key part here, I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. So, so we're called to guard what he entrusts to us, but... But we also entrust to him, and it says that, that he is one that can be trusted. He says, I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. The question is, what is it that we've entrusted to him? Isn't it our very lives? We've entrusted to him our very heart, soul, everything about us. We entrust to him. That's, that's huge, I think. That's big. But it comes out, of, as he says right here in verse 12, and, and we see this throughout the Bible. He says, because I know whom I have believed. In other words, he had this relationship with him, this, this knowledge. He knew God. He knew him. Now, that, that's something we, we come back to over and over again. Do we have a relationship with him? Do we really know God? Do we know about him? That's one thing. But to entrust our very lives to him, how important is that? Is that pretty, pretty big? I mean, there's not a whole lot of people that you are going to entrust your whole life to, is there? How many people are, do you know that you're going to entrust your whole life to? Maybe one or two? Maybe a parent? Maybe a, a friend, a spouse that you're going to actually entrust your life to? But th this is bigger than, than any of that. And, and, and what, you know, we finished 2 Timothy and we're going to be looking at you know, going into the Christmas and, and, and talking about that, uh, the, the coming of our Savior. So, so I, I'm thinking, well, what, what is it that's really 
important right now? What's really going on? And, and, I had to, and I could not not think about what's going on in the world today, in today's day and age. You know, do any of you watch the news? What do you see? I mean, I see trouble. I mean, and if you, if you look at some of the, the Internet news sources they, where they just list them, you're going to make a kind of list. It's like trouble, 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 trouble. At least uh, when you watch the television, it's one trouble at a time. But when you look at it in a list, it's like, man, is the world falling apart? You know, I, I, I read, uh, I found a verse where, where Job, you know, Job had trouble in his life, right? You know the story of Job. And if you don't, you can go read about Job. He had some serious trouble in his life. His world crashed, right? His world fell apart completely. But these are some words that he said. He says, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Any of you ever feel like that? No peace, no quietness, no rest, but only turmoil. I don't know about you, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I'm more concerned now than I think I've ever been about the state of the world and and what's going on around us. It's just, you know, it's like every day there's something new that that springs up that's like worse than the day before. And not just in the hot spots, but like everywhere. In our country, you know, our country is safe. Well, how safe is our country? How safe is the, you know, is the place we live in or, 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 or some of the places we always thought we're safe. I'm concerned, and I don't know about you, but the question I ask is, is there anywhere that's safe in this world? If you travel at all, you, you have to wonder, you know, well, I'm just going to stay right where I am. I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to hunker down. But what's, to, what's not to say that it's safe, you know, where you are? There's really only one safe place. And, but, but thinking about these things, I don't know about you, but, but you know, it makes me want to freak out. Do, you ever, do any of you ever freak out? You know what that means? <laughs> or is that like an anachronism? Like that's an old saying that you, they used to talk about, but we've, we've overcome that because the human race has gotten so, you know, yeah, we've evolved. We've gotten better than that now. We don't freak out anymore. You know, if we, if we get our social programs, you know, really working well, then, you know, we're going we're gonna to conquer all the problems in the world. And, and really, that, there's, that, that kind of thinking is, is real. But is it true? And does it work? No. You know, you'd think that if we evolved over the last hundred years, we'd be in a pretty good place right now. But uh, it seems worse. If anything, the way I see it. So, so I, I'm not trying to be an alarmist or anything. I just, I'm just trying to be a realist here. So the question I have that I want to look at today is where do, where do you go for help? You know, where do you turn? What, where, where do you go for the answers that, to, to the safety that, 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 that we can only find in God and in His Word? That's what I want to say to you today. It's, it, we have to turn to God and to His Word. That's really the safe place. That's where we can find peace. In the end, when you read the 42-some-odd chapters of Job, he gets to the very end and he says, Oh, 
Because God says, where were you when I created? Where were you when, when I did all the things that I needed to do? And, and Job goes, oh yeah, okay. Now I get it. Get back to our relationship with God and to his word because I don't, I don't honestly think that the things around us are going to get better in, in the sense that they're all going to, all the bad things are going to go away and you know, there's always going to be something, but there's one, there's one safe place that we have. And it's God. It's, it sounds so, too simple, doesn't it? But, but it's true. And, and what I want to talk about is Psalm 46 today. But the Psalms, you know, the Psalms are, are, this book of Psalms, 150 chapters. The book of Psalms is absolutely incredible. It's a place to go. When you're having some kind of a problem, you can always go and find a psalm that will address your situation. There's the psalms or, you know, if you don't know, I don't know where to go read, go read in the psalms. Oh yeah, you can, you know, reading in the gospels is incredible. I'm not saying that. But, but if you are in a, in a tight, hard space, you need to go and find a psalm that fits your situation and there will be one. Start in number one and keep reading until you find it, but you will find it. Don't start on Psalm 119. <laughs> the Psalms are incredible, though, but, you know, we, they're some of our most favorite passages. Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. We, we know that one. I, many of us have memorized it. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 51, a psalm of repentance. When we've blown it and we need to get right with God, we go read what David wrote. Psalm 51. Psalm 61, we, we sang it this morning. Is that powerful? Hear my cry, O God. Tend unto my prayer. When, you know, from the ends of the earth will I cry unto you when my heart is overwhelmed. You ever get like that? Lead me to the rock. Psalm 119 about God's word. Psalm 139, that God knows where we are. We can't hide from him. Today, I want to look at Psalm 46. So why don't you turn there with me? To the middle of your Bibles there, Psalm 46. And we're going to look at those uh, verses in Psalm 46, not a long psalm. And we're not going to uh, uh, talk about every little part in it. But Psalm 46 is a place to go. Someone wrote this, that it's a, it's a psalm for every time of trouble. And when I was thinking about the, the, the situation in the world today, it's a, it's a time of trouble. We've, we've, we've had this psalm uh, taught here, uh, you know, numerous times. Uh, Bill Holdridge was here back in 2001, the Sunday after 9-11, and he taught from Psalm 46. I, I believe Matt uh, Kinnaman taught to us from Psalm 46. It's a, it's a psalm that we can go to and turn to. It's a psalm that Luther, uh, Martin Luther uh, wrote his Great hymn, The Mighty Fortress is Our God, from inspired by this psalm. So let's look at it and read it. Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. 
Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. In verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and, and uh, I pray you'd stir our hearts, you'd open our eyes and our ears to hear what your spirit would say to us. Pray you'd cement some of these words uh, in our hearts that when we go through the trouble that we surely will, that we'll remember that you are our all in all. You are our fortress, our strength, our refuge, our, fort, our, our great and uh, mighty fortress is our God. In Jesus' name. This uh, psalm starts out, he says here, God is our refuge. And, and uh, you know, I, I kind of work, when I'm working with you, as I'm trying to think of, well, what's a good title for this? And uh, uh, I asked uh, my son, well, what's, you know, how do you pick good titles? And he was no help at all. And so I, I sorry. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I thought, well, this might be a good title for it, Refuge. Refuge, and you know, thinking about what a refuge is, it's a, it's a place of safety, it's a place of shelter, isn't it? That's where we go. When there's trouble all around us, a place where we can find peace, a refuge that we can go to. As I said earlier, it doesn't mean that everything around us is fixed. It doesn't mean that it all, gets all perfect around us. But in the middle of all of that, I like the... The passage Alex read this morning, you know, that you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. That doesn't mean everything is, is all going to get perfect around us. Psalm 91 says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Psalm 91, just the, the first two verses are so powerful. Again, where do you go? It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, when you go into that place of refuge, that place of, of, of a fortress, that's where we find the peace. That's where we find the rest. I don't know about you, but, but I have to go there often. We get, these, we get these verses in, into our hearts and minds. Refuge. But then the next one is important as well, isn't it? Strength. Well, we could, we could entitle it strength. Why don't we entitle it strength? It's a place of strength where we go because we're so weak. When I am weak, then I am strong because of his strength. Right? Or we could say it's because of his ever-present help in trouble. We could name it that, an ever-present help. That's good too, right? I don't know. Which one should we go with? But thinking about this, and Paula prayed about it, that he's always there. He's, he's always there. He knows about the trouble. He knows, and he is always there no matter what. 
as I said earlier, we, you know, we have a few people, one or two maybe, that we can entrust ourselves to. But you know what? Even they, there will come a time when they will not be there for you. But God will always be there for you. An ever-present help in trouble. You know, the nice thing about it, and Psalm 139 tells us that, he, you know, he doesn't, none of these things catch him by surprise. He knows about the trouble that you're facing. He knows what it is that you and I are going through. He knows what's going around in the world now. You say, well, you know, people will say, well, you know, if God is so large and big, well, how come he doesn't stop what's going on in the world today? Doesn't he know about it? Is he on, you know, a vacation or a trip or something? Oh, he knows about it. He knows about it. And, and as, as you read through the psalm, you see that there comes a time when he, when he acts, when he takes things in hand. But, it, but it, it's got to be in his time and not our time. But until then, and during this, and, and notice he says that he is the ever-present help in the trouble, in the middle of it. That's when we, we go to him as our, our refuge. An ever-present help in trouble. I, I uh, looked up this word for trouble, and I, I like... Uh, some of the definition, and, and maybe you can relate to some of this tightness. You get, you get in a tight spot ever? Or how about adversity? Or maybe affliction? And these are, all, these are all possible definitions for this particular word that's used here. That, that we find ourselves in some kind of affliction, maybe a physical, bodily affliction. Or just anguish. Boy, that's a cool word, isn't it? I like words. You ever notice that? I like words. Anguish. Like, can you say that with me? Anguish. No, you got to say it like that. Anguish. Like, that's, do you ever feel like that? Like, I feel anguish. No, you say, I feel angry. I'm hungry. I want my lunch. Distress. Distress. Tribulation. He says he's there to help us, an ever-present help in the trouble, in the trouble, in all those things that are going on in our lives. And, and as I prayed, you know, it's not if we will face some of those things, right, is it? It's just when. Because we're in a world that's a fallen, broken world. And, and until he, you know, comes and makes it all right and, and fixes what he's going to fix in his own way, and you can read about that. But until that happens, it's a very, it's a hurting place that we're in. It's a wicked place. But God is there. And God is here in the trouble. He's an ever-present help in trouble. One of the versions translate, translate, translates it, a very present help. That's cool too. Ever present, very present. It kind of gives us a, a, another kind of facet to it that he's very present. And, and one commentator, I think it was Spurgeon, said he's more present than the trouble is. But we don't kind of see it that way, do we? We, we see the troubles being like all-consuming. That's all there is is the trouble. But, but he's more present than the trouble is. He's very present. Help. In trouble. Psalm 37, I'll just mention a couple of these. Psalm 37 talks about the day of trouble. He says, In the day of trouble, he will hide me. 
Psalm 9 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So there can be a day of trouble. There can be times of trouble. Sometimes it's like a one day and you go, wow, thank God I got through that. That was a one day thing. I'm through it. But, but is that all there is sometimes? Sometimes it gets worse. Doesn't it? It's like a times of trouble. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. That's enough right there, isn't it? Just that one verse is enough to feed, to hold on to, to strengthen you and I in the times of trouble. But he, but he gives us so much more here. And again, we're not going to look at every part of this, but look at the next verse, verse 2. He says, therefore, we'll, we will not fear. Therefore, we will not fear. Why? Why won't we fear? Because God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Because we're looking at Him. You think about some of the terrorism that is taking place around the world today. And the big, the big picture, the, the big reason that they're doing what they do is to create fear. I mean, the word terrorism comes from the word terror, which is a word for fear. He says, therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. Why not? Because I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded, I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. That's the only, that's the only way we're not going to fear, is if we're looking to him and not to the situation. Even though everything's fallen apart, and he talks about it in verses 2 and 3 there, the earth giving way, the mountains falling into the sea, roaring, foaming, quaking, surging, all these things going on. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but maybe, maybe that, those verses are, are at least the, 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 the parts that describe what's going on. Maybe that describes what's going on in your life, that your life is completely getting turned upside down, and you, you're, like, you're definitely on the verge of freaking out. You're wondering, can it, can it ever get any worse? Go back to verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Verse uh, 4 and 5, he talks about a river. He says, There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. You see, the presence of God is what makes the difference. And, and you know, he's talking about the city of God and in the Psalms, uh, most often he's talking about the city of Jerusalem. Well, there is no river in the city of Jerusalem. So where does the water come from? It comes from God himself. Where, where is the answer for you and I in the middle of these things that are going on? What is going to bring that gladness of heart? What is going to uh, protect us from falling? What's going to help us at the break of day? It's the presence of God himself. That ever-present help in trouble. See, if I say that enough times, you're going you're gonna to remember that. Ever-present help in trouble. Verse 6 talks about the nations in uproar. 
kingdoms fall. But God acts. Look at that. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, he says, verse 7. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Ever present help in trouble. I like verse 8. And again, some of these aren't the most familiar verses in this psalm. Verse 1 and verse 10 are the most familiar out of this. But, but I really like what it says in verse 8, especially the first part. It says, come and see the works of the Lord. In my mind, that's an invitation. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. And, and really, that's really what it's all about. You know, if you're facing kind of some situation, that's what the psalm writer is saying here. Come and see what God has done. Come and see for yourself what God can do. Test him. Prove him. See what he will do in your life. Turn back with me, if you will, to Psalm 34. Just back a few pages. Psalm 34 and verse 7. Actually, let's start in verse 6. This poor man called. This is a psalm of David. And the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his what? His troubles. Why? Because the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. But verse 8, the same thought here. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man who what? Takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you, if you don't know him as that place of refuge, taste and see. You've got to give him a chance in your life. You'll never know. Taste and see. It's an invitation. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Isn't that what we're reading in Psalm 61? Or excuse me, 46? God is our refuge. Taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's an invitation. Maybe you haven't tasted. Maybe you haven't seen. Maybe you haven't given that, him that place in your life. You can do that today. You can do that every day. You can do that tonight. You can do that at your house. But let me tell you what, that he is faithful and he will keep his promises that are found in this book. Back to Psalm 46 and verse 10. Again, one of the more familiar verses out of this psalm. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In the earth. Now, I, you know, I, I think this is an incredible verse, and I, and I have thought about this verse so often, in the middle of trouble, and where, when, when thinking, you know, be still. And, and there's a kind of a thought about this that, you know, it, it means to have a, a quiet time, right? It means to have this still time. Well, I think, I think that that is true. And I, and I talk about it often that you and I need to have a quiet time where we get along with God. And we spend time with Him and His Word. We talk to Him. We, and it's just between you and Him, with me and Him. But the interesting thing about these words that are written here, first of all, let me point out that the psalm writer is speaking in, you know, in his voice, but then in verse 10, it switches to God's voice where God speaks now. 
And what does God say in the middle of all this trouble, in the middle of all this uproar and roaring and quaking and surging? What does God say? He says, be still and know that I am God. That's what God says. But these words, be still, this, this, is, this could be humorous, literally mean relax or sink. Be still and know that I am God. Relax, sink. One uh, commentary says, enough. Where God says, enough. Now, stop. The very same word is used in 1 Samuel 15, and it's translated, stop. Stop and know that I am God. You kind of get where that is slightly different than just go have a quiet time. Right? It's more like, stop. In other words, get off the panic button. Do you you all know what a panic button is? Do you have one? You know, we we joke about this at home, but it's it's like about this big, you know? And and then you, you, you know, you, if something's going on, you're just going to hit that, And it's right there. But God's saying, stop. Get off the panic button and know that I am God. David Guzik, the pastor in Santa Barbara, said this. The idea is something like this. As you know the glory and the greatness of God, stop your mouth from arguing with him or opposing him. Simply surrender. That's very different, again, than what, you know, the... The, the thought of just go have a quiet time. Just find a quiet place. I'm all for that. Jesus said, go in your closet and, and pray. Get, get alone with him. That movie about, you know, the, the prayer closet. What was the name of that again? The war room. But he's saying here, you know what, when there's a lot of trouble, you need to, you need to stop the panic and you need to look to me because I am still God. Because I alone am God, is what he says to you and to me. And when we're doing those things, we're actually arguing with him. We're we're opposing him. And David Guzik said, simply surrender. Simply surrender. That leads us to the quiet place where we want to be, the quiet place. Be still and know that he is God. That's powerful, isn't it? He is the God who is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. He's the God that Paul talked about. He says, I know whom I have believed. Be still, stop, and know that I am God. Surrender to him. I found an interesting verse, and I've read this many times through the years, but turn with me to Isaiah chapter, 40, uh, chapter 30. That's ahead, not too many books. We, we can find it, right? Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. This is what God says. In repentance... 
and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. See that? Be still and know that I am God. In repentance and rest, quietness, trust is your strength. But look what he says. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. He goes on to say, you know, that it's not going to turn around, turn around, turn out that great for you. But jump down to verse 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion for the Lord is the God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. In repentance and rest, quietness and trust, surrender. He says, but you would have none of it. Does that describe you or I sometimes? He says, stop. We're on the panic button and he says, stop. I want you to know that I am still God. I am still on the throne. But you and I said, no, I'm going to flee on horses. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to try to fix it all. Let me ask you a question. Are guys the only ones that try to fix things? You girls? You do too? I, I just wanted to be sure that, you know, I'm not just speaking to the men that are here. No, we'll flee on horses. And God say, I'm waiting for you to like, okay, get off your horse. I'm right here. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You kind of get where we're going with this? God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The last verse, verse, Psalm 46, verse 11, he repeats the same thing he said in verse 7. He said it in verse 7, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then, verse 10, God breaks in with this statement, Listen, be still. Stop. Enough. And know that I am God. And then the writer says, the Lord Almighty is with us. Let's get back to that. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Interesting thing, and and some have pointed this out when he talks about the God of Jacob. Well, Jacob is another word for what? Israel. So the God of Israel is with us. But, but But I think there's more than that as well. When you read back in Genesis and you find out about this guy Jacob... He was kind of shifty, right? They called him heel catcher or deceiver. And he, and, he, and he, you know, he tricked people and he kind of was trying to get what he was wanting. But he says the God of Jacob, the God of even that guy is with us. So the God of sinners is with us. And you and I, we're all sinners. We're all, we're all you know, we're all sheep that have gone astray. But the God of Jacob is our fortress. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, but God of Jacob is our fortress. He's still ever present for all who would say, yes, I'm coming. I'm going to surrender. I've, I'm there. Maybe you're, again, 
Maybe you're in a quiet place right now and, and things are going so well for you. God bless you. But it won't last forever. But I want to say to people who are going through a hard time, God bless you too, and it won't last forever. Doesn't matter what side you're on, it won't last forever. Keep that in mind. The tide goes out, right? But the tide comes back in. The sun goes down, but the sun comes back up. Things will change. But back here in Psalm 46, he says God will help her. Verse 5, at the break of day. Sometimes we've got to go through that very dark night until, until the break of day, until the sun starts to come up. God will help her. God's going to help you as well because he's an ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge and our strength. He's our safe place. He's, he's our fortress. Though everything is falling apart, where do you go? Where are you going to go? To God, to, to the only God. Go to his word. And I want to encourage you, this book that God has given to us. You know what? We've got the freedom to have it. There are places in the world that don't have freedom to have one of these of their own. Open the book. The answers aren't going to come if you flip through the channels. I can guarantee you that. We got the little remote control. I got a little remote control here, right? You can flip through them all, but that's what you're going to get in the end. I just made that up. That's pretty good, huh? <laughs> you can go to all the places that you think. All the philosophies, all the psychologies, all the other ologies of this world. But God is the refuge and the strength. God is the one. He says, be still, stop, and know that I am God. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And, and Lord, again, I don't know what kind of trouble that we are either in or not in. Maybe we're in a, a break. And thank you, God, for that. You know, you know how much we can take, you know, when we need to have a break from the tribulation, the distress, the anguish, the troubles, the tight spots. But prepare us, Lord. Prepare us for what surely is bound to come in this life. And bring us home. It won't be forever. Bring us home. In the end, that's what we look forward to. We look forward to heaven. We look forward to the home where there's no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more trouble. But till then, God, we look to you as our refuge, our strength, ever-present help in trouble. Help us to overcome the fears, Lord. We're, we're so fearful. Help us to fight those fears and, and to trust you and overcome that fear. God, I pray you'd help each one here today. Lord, you know each one of us. Psalm 139, you know each one of us inside and out. You know when we get up, when we sit down. Help each one, Lord. As we come before you this morning, Lord, we bring our hearts to you individually. You know each person here, I don't, you do. 
and meet us, Lord. We come, we surrender to you this morning, Lord. Meet us where we are. Lord, I mentioned about the good news, and we thank you that that despite all the terrible news around us, the trouble around us, that the good news is that Jesus came to the earth. And as we prepare to celebrate uh, in the weeks to come, that he brought the good news. That's really the hope that we have. Because he came and he, he gave his life so that we would have life. He showed us what real love was where he became that atoning sacrifice, that, that sacrifice that turns away the punishment for sin. And he took it upon himself that we might have life. Pray for any here this morning that have never surrendered to Jesus. Today is a good day to say, Jesus, I come. I surrender my heart and my life. I entrust you with my whole life. I thank you for the cross where you died for me. I receive you into my heart and my life. And I trust you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?